Welcome to the Run for PRs podcast. This is your host, Victoria Phillippe. The Run for PRs podcast was created to give away the secrets to transform your training to reach your goals. We ask all the expert run coaches and athletes the questions that you've been dying to know the answers to. We will get the inside scoop on what really makes you the best athlete that you can be. Have you ever seen a fast runner and wonder, wow, how did they get so fast? Well, then this podcast is for you. We are going to do a deep dive to reveal the secrets to reaching your potential as a runner. Today on the podcast, we have myself, Mary, and Skelly talking about the benefits of rest and recovery after a big race, whether it went according to plan or not. A lot of athletes are coming off of major marathon training cycles, and it can be really tempting to run in the days after your big race. So we want to share the secrets about recovery for your long-term success as a runner. And within this topic, one of the most common questions we get is when should you run after a marathon? So Skelly, I'll pose that question to you right off the bat. What is your typical response to that question? All right, here's my response. But before I give it to you, I'm going to do a little background first. Um, So when you think about training like during the marathon or training for anything, a 5K, a 10K, if I was to ask you the question, I'll ask you, Mary, what do you think if someone came up to you and said, hey, you know, I want to get faster, I want to be a better runner, what's the most important workout or thing I can do right to make that happen? What would you say to them? It depends. <laughs> Good. And, and it does depend to me, too. You can argue a lot of things. You could argue the person needs, and it depends on the person. They need a, a long run or speed work or tempo or whatever. But my argument would be, especially after doing this for 20 years, the, the, the thing I see people probably do the wrong the most is, and we kind of hammer it a lot on these podcasts, is not recovering properly and not taking the rest days the right way. And when you do that, all the other stuff you do, it gets hard to reap the benefits when you're not resting and recovering properly. So it's important to do it during your training too. So that's just what I wanted to emphasize before I answer that question. Um, but I think that's one of the most important things you can do. And what I see people do wrong a lot. Would you agree yeah. with that? Oh, 100%. I mean, you you get into a burnout hole if you don't recover right. and you're not able to yeah, reap the benefits of, of the training. And I'll go back to my answer of it depends. And I feel like sometimes as running coaches, that's a very common answer. Um, especially when I'm getting, you know, direct messages on Instagram, like, what should I do in this case? And I'm like, I don't know your background. I don't know a lot of things about your training. So it's hard for me to give an answer to you if I don't know um, the specific things about you. Um, but I mean, I think a a typical answer that people give, um, when should you run after a marathon? I think a typical answer is probably one week. Yeah. I mean, that's what I do. And that's what a lot of people say to do. So, and and that's what I would say too. I just wanted to kind of talk a little bit about just the importance that it's important during the marathon cycle as well. And so that you should plan on that when you get to the actual end of the marathon, like you said in the introduction, whether or not it, it went good or bad or whatever, you should plan on taking at least a week off you know, at least five days, but I, I like to do a week. And then the next week should just be easy, maybe every other day type of running. And don't even think about anything faster until, you know, three weeks or a month later, um, just to give your body that time. If you, if you think about it in a marathon, um, it takes, I went to a seminar once and they actually showed us a scan of someone's muscles before and after a marathon and the muscle damage you do, and you can see it on the, on the scan, and it takes about three weeks to recover from that damage that you do. So if you just go right back out and run, there's just such a higher risk of injury and all those things happening, which I'm sure we're going to talk about. But one week would be my answer, too. 
Yep, absolutely. And do you see some athletes run the day after or even two to three days after? And why do you think they do that? Uh-huh. Yes, <laughs> I do see that. And especially even when I coached college cross country, we would just want after the season, after cross country season or after track, I just wanted them to take one week off, just one week. And they had such a tough time with that. And I think the reason it's a couple of different things. You maybe did your marathon and it went so well, you're pumped up and you want to go out again and you're excited and that's great. Or it didn't go as planned. So you want redemption. So you want to get out there. Or a third thing can be, kind of more of an unhealthy thing that you just can't not run. And there's a lot of people that, you know, I, I was guilty of this when I first got into running. I got so excited and so into it. And it was such a part of my life that I hated taking days off. Um, and it was really, really hard to do that. And I think for a lot of people, that's just it. But it can be an unhealthy thing. It's, it's a great thing to love running and, and to want to do well and to be healthy and all those things. But you also have to be smart about it, too. So, and yes, I have people do it. Um, why it, it, it's probably a, a array of reasons. Yeah, there's so many reasons. I mean, there's a lot of people that are on run streaks and there again is a variety of reasons to be doing that. Um, but I think when you look at people on Instagram and you see them running the next day, it might be because of that. Um, and then the other thing too is, um, people that are training for ultra marathons, they'll do marathons within a training cycle. So you might see them run the next day. And that is because that marathon was not their goal race. And so that marathon was just part of the training plan and they're not going to yeah. take that full week off. So yeah, but, those are super good points. And one of the worst right. things I, I go ahead. Oh yeah. No, you go ahead. Uh, one of the worst things I probably, so I did um, a, a running streak where I, it was like back in, I was kind of lacking motivation. It was back in 2010. It was right before new year's 2011. I decided, well, I'm going to just see if I can run like two miles every day for 2011 and ended up doing that and ended up actually doing it for four years and doing at least a mile every day. But I'll tell you what, it was, there were so many times because I did do marathons during that time that I would do that. And it was so difficult to try to run after. But that's a great point by you that there are people doing that. So if you see people doing it, there might be a reason why. But um, unless you have something like that going on, you shouldn't. Right. And it's just so tempting to want to jump right back in. And I think something that people are trying to avoid is those post-marathon blues, which if our listeners haven't heard of what that is, it's basically this anticlimactic feeling of a race being over and you're left thinking, well, now what, you know, and a lot of people get it and it isn't necessarily tied to the outcome of the race. So for example, if a, a race went super well, you're thinking, well, can't I celebrate for a week now? Like, where's my PR party? But no, I mean, you have to go to back, you have to go back to work on Monday after the race and it's back to business as usual. Or on the flip side, if it went really poorly, you're left thinking, I just spent four months of my life pouring ev everything into this training. And now what do I do? So have you found that it's a big mental adjustment for athletes to go from the grind of marathon training to recovery mode? Yeah, I do. And, and both as a coach and as a, you know, someone who's done 21 of these myself, and I think we talked about it maybe last time, is for me, when I get done with a marathon, it's not so much that the marathon itself is over. What I would struggle with is the training because I like the process so much. And uh, so I really felt like I missed that more than anything. And that's what would get me to like be remotivated to sign up for another one. And, and it really, it, it maybe doesn't hit you that day because you just ran a marathon, but in the day or two after that, you start already missing that process. And that's at least for me. And I see that in a lot of athletes too. It's the same thing. It's kind of like you just said, now what? And they're so used to training, taking that week off is, is really difficult. 
Right. And a lot of people's social groups are tied to their running. Um, and obviously, like you just said, their schedule, um, your nutrition, all that is centered around your training. So when that goes away, people are left feeling kind of lost. Um, so what are some things athletes can do to shift their focus from the marathon training grind to recovery? Right. I think one of the thing is, number one, be happy with the training that you did do and that you just completed a marathon. That's awesome. No matter how it went, less than like 1% of people have ever done a marathon. So just doing it is awesome. So use that week to kind of celebrate recovery, really embrace it. And really can during that week, I like to tell people start focusing on what might be next for you. Doesn't mean you have to jump into what is next, but you can start deciding maybe what you want to do down the road. Maybe it's adding some strength training in. Maybe it's something that you feel like didn't go right as well that cycle or something that went really well and you want to tweak things and what do you want to do? So maybe that's a great time for goal setting, um, that type of thing. And, and you deserve to take that time off and your body needs it not only physically, but mentally. Um, cause it is a grind. Like we just talked about, you need to, to, you know, focus on something else. Like you said, it's back to work time. It's back to your regular life. Not that you <laughs> didn't have a regular life while you're running, but it does take up obviously a lot of time, but try to embrace it and enjoy that week off. It's only six or seven days. And then you can slowly start running again and focus on what, what you want to do next. Right. And there's so many things you can do during that week. I mean, you can focus on a house project. You could, you know, schedule a vacation right after a marathon. That's always a great thing to do. Yep. A lot get, of people do that. Get massages. I mean, there's a lot of different things that you can focus that week on and just kind of plan for it even before the marathon, just knowing, okay, I'm going to have this whole week where I'm not running for 10 hours. Like, what am I going to do with those 10 hours? Um, and so those are kind of all the smart things that we should do after a marathon. So yep. what will happen to an athlete who doesn't do those things and they're diving right back into training two days after a marathon? Um, obviously, the easy answer is way higher risk for injury, like especially right after a marathon, even those next couple of weeks, you're just because what your body just went through, not only in the training cycle, but that day, um, physically and mentally, you're just at a, such a greater risk to, to have an injury or to have, you know, eventual burnout or, or that type of thing. And your, your body needs that time. Your heart rate needs that time. Physically, your muscles need that time. Um, so if you don't do that, you just are putting yourself and it's not guaranteed you're going to get injured, but I would bet most people that don't ever give themselves a break, it catches up to them in one way or another at some point, whether it's race performance or just burning out or whatever it might be. So you just, it's just not worth the risk to me to do that. Yeah. And I think it's all about being intentional about your training too. I mean, looking at your entire year and having those planned off seasons and you have to do that in order to reach your potential. And obviously there's people that don't really care about PRs. They don't care about reaching their potential. They just like to run. Yep. It's like, okay, well then, you know, do whatever you want to do. But if you want to reach your potential, you need to have those scheduled off seasons. And that's not to say that I look at a marathon training cycle as okay, 16 weeks out today starts the training cycle. It's not that I look at it that way, but you do have to have, the ups and the downs within a year to get the best out of yourself because you just can't be on all the time. And that's just good life advice in general. Yep. You know, you just can't, you can't be going a hundred percent all the time. Right. And, and it's very well said. And, and we'll maybe talk about this, but we also at some point want to talk about the opposite where I see a lot of people, they get done and it's like, who, who I'm done. And then they don't do anything for like two months. And then when they get back into it, it's like, why am I not where I was and where I'm, and I'm, you know, whatever. And, and you need to obviously recover, but you also want to do some sort of maintenance program. So you're, you know, maintaining some level of fitness. And I've been very guilty of this too. I'm like, I'm done. And then I don't do anything for a while. It's almost, I don't want to say it's starting all over, 
Um, but you want to be mindful of making sure you're doing something as well that's mindful and that you're planning on doing, if that makes sense. Oh, exactly. And that's something that I've come to really realize over the past few years is how important, you know, consistency is. Like we say, that's the number one thing you can do to improve as a runner is stay consistent. And I was horrible with that. I would run a half marathon or run a marathon and I wouldn't run for three months and I'd be like, I deserve this. (laughs) This Mm -hmm. is great. You know, I don't have to run. But um, yeah, it's all about consistency and, you know, kind of base building and that's kind of the key to getting better, but you can't be going a hundred percent at all the time. And that just reminds me of a common quote that we see a lot and we use a lot, which is if you don't give your body a break, it makes you take one by giving you an injury or an illness. Do you agree with that? Yep. And, and I do. And what I always tell people when that kind of stuff comes up is listen to your body because your body's trying to tell you something. Um, and a lot of times we'll ignore it or just push through it or whatever. But I do agree with that. It's not a guarantee that's going to happen to everybody. But if you look at the research and just obviously over years and years of training and coaching and all that kind of stuff, if you just continue to push at some point, it's going to catch up to you in some way. Maybe it's not a you know, catastrophic injury, but maybe it's just burned out over training, who knows, or race performances are starting to kind of decline because you're just never giving yourself that break. Um, so I do agree with it. I, you know, in what form I couldn't tell you, but I think um, not taking proper rest at the right time is, is detrimental for sure. Right. And on that macro level, athletes need to take several weeks off from that training and then that grind, but then more so on the micro level, the marathon race itself destroys your legs and your body so it's like you need the time off from the training but you also need the time off from the race because the race is the hardest effort you know you'll put in in the whole training cycle so you kind of have Mm -hmm. to look at it as both things that you're taking a little bit of time off so um, obviously your body can physically run within a few days after the marathon um, but you do have to talk yourself through the risk versus reward of doing that So in your opinion, Skelly, what are the risks and what are the rewards of running a few days after a marathon? So easy answer for me is rewards, none. (laughs) I mean, I shouldn't say there really after marathon, there are none. There's no reason to, you should really, really rest unless some of the things like you said, if someone's, this is a training run for a ultra or something, that's a different story. Um, But if it's someone who's, this is their, their, their goal race and and they're done, um, there really is no reward to running right afterwards. Um, the risks, we've talked about it a lot, um, it, and it's, you know, scientifically proven, you're just at higher risk for injury and burnout and all those different things. So there's a, there's a lot more risks than, and I'd say, very little reward unless you're training for something different. But um, in, the, in our conversation, I think it's most people who, like, just got done with Chicago or are about to run to New York or whatever it is, just knowing that it's okay to take that week off, and it's really important that you do so. I, and I'll, I'll be honest, I used to hate doing it, and I had to struggle to do it. I was one of those people that maybe two or three days later, I'd take a little sneaky run um, (laughs) (laughs) and do, you know, a couple miles or whatever. But as I went on to do more of them, I just realized, you know what, it was, I'd end up getting injured or I'd get tired or just the runs didn't feel good or I just wasn't enjoying it the same way. And so now it's like week off, woo woo, bring on the donuts. Not, not really, but but it is a time to celebrate and, uh, and, and recover. So what do you think risk reward? Oh, I mean, yeah, I don't think there's really any reward to running within the week after. I mean, you think about 
injury. Like, yes, you can get injured and then you're going into the doctor and you're getting this definitive time that you have to take off because you got injured because you jumped in too soon. But I think the bigger issue is burning out. And that could be whether it's actual physical burnout, otherwise known as chronic fatigue syndrome, um, but also the mental burnout. And I feel like there isn't as much of a definitive path forward and you don't really know how long it's going to take you to get out of that hole of burnout. And that's kind of scary. I mean, that's a really scary thought to get yourself into this hole. And it could be six months. It could be a year till you feel good again. And so why even go down that path to get into that hole? I mean, just it's such, it's such a risk. And I've, and I've seen people in that hole, like people that I've coached and that have overtrained and that maybe still aren't quite themselves that did so many miles, like in high school or college or, whatever it was and ended up eventually burning out and just never number one, their bodies never quite felt the same way. And then just mentally it just wasn't the same and it wasn't fun. I mean, hopefully everybody out there is doing this for the reasons of, you know, wanting to stay healthy. You love running, you love exercise, doing it all for all those reasons and kind of thinking big picture, taking one week off or six or seven days is, is not gonna, so many people, even during the training cycle, I'm sure you get this all the time that if they have to miss one day, they're like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm going backwards. This is going to hurt my training. I'm like, you've ran so consistently. When you do that, taking one day here or there, you talked about it earlier, listening to your body. Um, sometimes you just need that rest and it's the right thing to do. So it's, it's important after. It's important to listen to it during the whole thing. I just can't say enough about it. That's right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it is so incredibly important. So have you ever seen an athlete dive back in too quickly to find themselves in that burnout hole six to nine months later? I have, and I can't like say I pinpoint it and say they didn't rest at this time and this is why, but it's definitely, I've worked with a lot of, especially when I was coaching college and it certainly happens now with marathon too, where people just can't get themselves to rest. And I'll, and I'll tell you back when I coached college, I would just have them take a week off after the cross country season, right before track and then after track, just asking them for one week. And if I had a dollar for everybody who texted me that week, begging me to run, I would be a millionaire. (laughs) <laughs> but those people and I can, I have, they're flying through my head right now who these people are that just couldn't stop would either have their race performance wouldn't be as good by the end of the season or they'd be burned out or they'd be hurt or so I've seen it like so many times. Um, and that's why I really try to hit that home with anybody that I coach that it's important to, to rest when your body tells you you need to. I've had some really good conversations with people this week who just got done running and they're like super amped, want to start again and just kind of, talking them off the ledge a little bit that it's a little too soon to, to race right away and to do those things right away. And, and in the, in the long term, taking a little break and then building back up is the way to go. Yeah. And I think that is why coaching is so incredibly beneficial to stop you from overtraining and stop you from going down that path. I mean, coaches can just help you be smart and look at the big picture. And, and I think a lot of athletes, they do see the big picture, but when you're in the daily grind of it you just think oh what's one more run you know like what's jumping back in three days after you know it's not going to hurt me it's not going to hurt me well it does it and it might take a while but it does right or doing a 5k this weekend and I just ran a full you know full marathon or whatever I just just before we got on the phone I wrote a month for someone and I always tell them you know like right they just ran Chicago and said you know this next month is going to be what I would call it it'll be like a boring month Cause it's not going to be any workouts. It'll just be building back up, but it's smart. It's going to get you there quicker than doing too much or too little. And just kind of the right amount. And, and we communicate the whole time, 
you know, how does it feel? You know, well, your first run back, how did that feel two weeks after that? How did that feel? Just kind of keeping an eye because you might not feel it right away. It might be the first run or two back. You're man, I feel awesome because you haven't ran in a week, but then it kind of can creep in. So you have to, that's where I think coaching is vital too, is, is keeping an eye on that. And that's a lot of what we do is keeping an eye on people. And that's why we're looking at training peaks or if you're coaching someone in person, you're looking at, you know, how are they running? How are they feeling? And just having those conversations. So I think it's really important to have something structured. Yep. And I do the same exact thing where I write in their plan. Okay. Now we're going to do a month of just easy running, you know, maybe in a couple of weeks I'll throw in some strides, but we're pretty much just going to be building back mileage, doing the reverse taper and, you know, getting back to, you know, baseline feeling yep. good again. Cause you're, and- probably not going to feel great in those next few weeks of running and plus those risks we talked about so it's just better to be safe and you'll get back to it and your your body our bodies adapt pretty quickly it'll come back faster than uh obviously sitting around for two months like we talked about earlier um but just having some sort of structured plan i think helps i have one myself like i have someone i'm a coach but i have someone write my training because if i write my own i'm usually and which i've done many times but when i write my own it's a little easier to go yeah I kind of feel like doing this instead, or I I do that. Having that accountability helps me so much too and keeps me in check because I sometimes won't always practice what I preach and I'll want to go out and do something silly once in a while. So it's good to have that, you know, someone helping me with that as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'm self-coaching myself right now and I'm like, okay, after this marathon, Victoria, (laughs) (laughs) calling you back. (laughs) Yep. And, and I've done that too. And I've had Bree, one of our coaches coach my, my brother does some coaching and done that. And just, it's super helpful. Like, obviously I know what I want to do and I won't lie that I sometimes maybe change it. Cause I might, <laughs> cause I have an ego and I think, no, I think I want to do this instead. But for the most part, it's really good to have that accountability and plan to, in place to, to recover, especially. And one thing we haven't talked about too is with recovery as you get older, like I'm going to be 50 in six months. It's way different how I have to recover now than when I was your age. You know, when I was your age, I could probably get away with, you know, pounding it out a little bit more than I should, where now I can't. Like if I do a harder workout, I need two or three days before I can even consider doing anything faster again, where it used to be, you know, you could do that two or three times a week. So you, you kind of have to have that in mind, too. How old are you and the recovery? And it, it might take longer than just taking a week off. Yeah, I absolutely think about that when I'm making a training plan for, you know, people, I just look at their age and just make sure that we're doing enough recovery in between workouts and what recovery looks like after a marathon, because it is different and it's not, that's not a worse thing. It's just a reality and we are, we're all going to go through it. So yeah, and it's I, and just I, what it is. Right. And when I was your age, I certainly didn't think that much about it. And obviously you get it, but when you start to experience it and it's not like I'm like doing a workout, I'm like, have to lay around the rest of the day. <laughs> I just mean, it's, it's just different. Like I, the other day I happened to bump into Victoria and we tempoed a little bit together and she was laughing, thinking that I wasn't really tempoing that hard because I was talking. And the next day I could hardly get out of bed. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, it's kind of a little embarrassing, but um, <laughs> I shouldn't say I could barely get out of bed, but I was more sore than I should have been for, for what I did. But I need to go back and tell her about that the next time I talk to her. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So getting off subject, but anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway. Well, the last thing I want to talk about is goal setting to avoid getting into that constant training trap. So how far do you plan out goals and goal races for yourself and for your athletes? And then how do you start to form a plan by working backwards from there? Yeah, that, that's awesome question. So one thing that I do like during 
training I started to do. And once in a while I'll have during the training cycle itself, I'll have people give me like a mini goal each week, like something you want to do during that week, which might be sleep seven hours or drink more water or whatever, just simple little mini goals. But then eventually we talk about, I like to think about like six months ahead, you know, where do you want to be? Like if you're thinking of what you just got done with a marathon, you're thinking about the next one. You're probably thinking, unless there's circumstances where this could be a little bit different, but maybe you're thinking like six months ahead. And, and that's exactly how I write training. I look at, okay, when is this program going to kind of officially start? And whenever I write a program, the very first thing I do is I do all the long runs from the race backwards. Um, Cause that's one of the vital pieces to me as far as coaching. And then I kind of fill in the rest around that. Um, but I think you need, and some people, you know, we kind of talked about, we'll get done and want to do a race in like two or three weeks. Um, and that's hard to do. I think you need to think way more long-term after you've done, I'm talking about after you've done a marathon. So I'd say about six months. Yeah, definitely. And then maybe building in a season for speed and doing 5k, 10k is always a, I think a fun change just to, you know, build in some different types of workouts and work on some different systems that you haven't taxed in a few months because, you know, marathon training is the grind, yep. but then you, you get to, you know, do some 5k speed stuff and it's such a different, um, type of workout, but it can be really fun. So yeah, fun. And then help you in the long run for like, when you get back to marathon training, making those easy runs and long runs feel a little easier. Cause you did some of that speedier stuff, or maybe you did a, a half marathon during that time. Um, that kind of thing. So just switching the focus or strength training and, and doing those kind of things. If you haven't already, you know, started to do that kind of thing. Yeah. And then there's even other workouts like hills that you kind of throw to the wayside during marathon training and hill training is, you know, so incredibly important to staying strong. Yep. And I I do some of that during marathon training, if they're doing like New York or something where it's hilly. Mm -hmm. Um, But otherwise, yeah, you're right. And it's, and it's, and it's a good time to mix it up and do something fresh and get excited about it and do some workouts that you maybe haven't done before. Um, and I do that with a lot of people. They want to, you know, let's focus on the speed a little bit more, do less long runs and do that. And it's fun for me too, to mix it up for them and, and throw some fun things at them. Oh yeah. It's good for the coach too. It's nice to see them get excited. And I just think it kind of builds the relationship a little bit more and watch them do things that they've never done before. And they're like, Oh my God, I didn't know I had this speed in me. And it's fun to kind of tease that out of them and get them going a little bit more and excited for a new goal. Yep. And I've seen people, you know, switch to that a little bit and then go back to marathon running and all of a sudden it's fresh again and they boom, hit a big PR because they trained differently and did some things to, you know, both physically and mentally that, that made it made a difference for them. So that's yeah, fun too. I mean, yeah, I can get them out of that mental burnout just to change things up. So, well, awesome. This was such a good conversation on recovery, such great tips. So thank you so much for the fun chat. Yeah. You had great things to find... say. Good job. Oh, thanks. Guys. <laughs> I'm learning. <laughs> never stop learning I'm, never stop learning so you can find us over on facebook at run for prs coaching on instagram at run for prs and on our website at www.runforprs.co happy running